Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the JMart Cast for Monday, September 27th, 2021. What's going on? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me for another one, friends and family. Glad to have you back. I am feeling great. I just did a round of some Wim Hof breathing and just feel supercharged right after. Feel great. And the reason why I did it was because, well, because of that, I was anticipating that I'd feel good doing it. And also because I've reminded myself that I should get back to doing it fairly uh, frequently and fairly um, uh, consistently. I like it, first of all. I reminded myself to do that more consistently because I just released a podcast about it, actually. If you uh, guys listen to this podcast, you probably have heard of my other one called State of Health, in which I do more of like an educational style, talking about topics of health and wellness that I care about, that I know about, that I've studied. And so the most recent episode, which I released on Friday, I believe, is about Wim Hof and his breathing technique and some of the science that's been done on Wim and the people that he's trained uh, with his method. And so, yeah, check it out because um, I did a really good job on it, I think, this time around. I made sure all the uh, technical stuff, like the recording and everything, was pretty smooth. The sound quality is pretty good. And so hopefully it comes through for you on that. I spent a lot of time this week, uh, especially on Monday, doing a lot of video editing. Got everything finally uh, finished by Friday to uh, have it released. So I was happy to finally get that out there. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm proud of it. So check it out. Let's see what else went on this week. I did, like I said last week, I'm back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Went two more times this week and had an excellent time. Learned the Worm Guard this week. (laughs) Funny name. But uh, essentially, it's like... um, when you were on a guard, I guess, it's like you're defending. And the warm guard is a specific type of defense where you kind of untie the opponent's lapel. And you grab it with your hands and, you, and then you go kind of on the floor on your back while holding on to the opponent's lapel and pushing them back uh, with your feet. So you're kind of pulling and pushing at the same time. You're pulling their lapel with your hands towards you, but at the same time you're pushing them away with your feet. So you have this constant pressure on them and it really helps... Uh, uh, immobilize them basically it was cool learning that um let's see what else uh, we did some uh choke practices that was uh awesome <laughs> not the most comfortable thing to practice not gonna lie <laughs> but it, i guess it's one of those you got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and uh yeah my neck was uh getting squeezed all over the place <laughs> and um it's funny because, you know, when someone's practicing on you, you want to have a chance to really understand the mechanics of it as perfectly as you can so that when you actually apply it in a match, when you're doing it competitively, you're effective and you don't, like, leave any room for the opponent to escape. And so when we're practicing on one another during the class, you know, if someone's not really getting it but they're close to getting it. It's just the most uncomfortable thing because you're feeling the pressure, but it's not quite there to fully choke you. So you have to be like, no, try this, try that, while you're getting your neck squeezed partially and hoping that pretty soon it'll be fully squeezed so you can tap and get out of there. It's kind of a funny dynamic. (laughs) But uh, 
Actually, it's not too bad. The next day, I didn't feel too uh, sore or anything about after it. So either the person was very gentle or, I don't know, maybe it's not not as bad as I think. And I'm just, uh, you know, whining and complaining. Bitch moaning and complaining, as Bill Burr liked, likes to say. <laughs> uh, what else happened this week? Um, Bitcoin tanked a little bit again. Uh, that was... Um, Funny because uh, the president of El Salvador again started uh, tweeting about how he bought the dip. <laughs> but what was even further funny was it tanked a little bit more after the initial one. So he did not tweet anymore about buying the dip anymore. <laughs> but another, in other big news, uh, Twitter, the big social media company, has um, incorporated Bitcoin tipping on their platform. And so now you can use that huge communication network as a way of transferring money borderlessly across the world through the internet. So that's kind of nuts. It's pretty awesome that that's uh, in place. And so, yeah, this is just the beginning. I'm pretty, pretty stoked to see where it goes. But it's amazing to think about that, like, now people who are sending money to their relatives across, you know, several borders and you know, before they'd have to pay large sums of money for the fees in order to make that transfer happen. Uh, but now it's almost like zero fees and, you know, people can do this very easily and freely through like a popular app like Twitter. It's crazy, right? Like uh, companies like Western Union are going to go out of business because there's no longer a need for them <laughs> to exist. Yeah, it's, it's for someone like me who... More so my parents, to be honest. Uh, my parents obviously have immigrated away from, um, you know, Armenia. That's where we were born. And uh, they, like most people who immigrate some, from somewhere, like they send a lot of money back to the less fortunate who don't have the means or the ability to, you know, move away and find a life of economic freedom where they can make a living and uh, have uh, their property rights respected. So, you know, they, they've been involved in, you know, do, you know, earning money in a place like, you know, here in Canada where that's more, you know, you have the economic freedom to do that and then sending that value across many borders, like I said, back to Armenia, back to relatives, especially older relatives, right, who don't have the ability to continue to earn money. And so that has been a difficult process for a long time for people like us, for people, any other people like that who have the same thing where they escape someplace due to whatever tyranny that doesn't allow that place to have, you know, the freedom to be able to make money and, and store it somehow. And so they, they escape that. They find a place where they can finally earn value for the work that they're able to produce. And they want to share that value with their family back where, where they came from. And this, I can't believe like this is going to be very revolutionary in terms of the ability that now people have to do this, to transfer money borderlessly across the globe. And, uh, you know, just for that one country of El Salvador, where Bitcoin recently became legal tender, the amount of money that is going to be saved from not paying fees to companies like Western Union is estimated to be, I believe, $400 million. So close to half a billion dollars. That's that's insane. 
And this is just the start. So what else is going on? Well, we had the elections on Monday, and of course, uh, the results are out. Not that it's uh, Sunday, and uh, of course, we all know the Liberals won a minority government. They, uh, what was it? They spent $600 million to uh, organize the snap election two years too early, and they won three extra seats from previously from before so that's 200 million per seat that they <laughs> spent you could say <laughs> just unbelievable waste of time and money that's it and then besides that when I, some of the statistics that i came across from this election it kind of really have me worried because and i didn't fact check this so i could be wrong but i saw that the voter turnout was 58% and apparently this is the worst in Canadian history. So that out of that 58%, the Liberals had 31% of the vote. So if you think of the entire electorate, that's only 18% of the entire electorate. And they have a minority government. That's kind of nuts. Like, is that a broken political system? <laughs> I think that's a fair question based on those statistics, if they're correct. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have answers obviously all i can do is point to problems and that's not very uh productive i suppose some would argue well i suppose i actually have one answer and uh, you know i've already talked about it and that's bitcoin uh what i've been saying is you know voting with a pencil for some party is meaningless to my, to me in my mind i'm going to vote with my dollars i'm going to vote with my money and i'm going to replace my paper money that's issued by the government that I have um, less and less uh, trust in for for Bitcoin, which is a math mathematical engineering of thermodynamically sound money that is based on mathematics and code. I'm much more willing to trust that than government made of people who are flawed. And I mean, everyone's flawed, like I'm flawed, you're flawed, and that's just part of being human. So we need to abstract money away from the power of any one individual and decentralize it into something that we believe in, like mathematics and code and base it in something real like electricity and expenditure of energy. I think it's a very viable uh, solution and uh, time will only tell but it's pretty clear to me and hopefully uh, people over time can see that through maybe some of the things that I say or just through like some of their own research that they do as they get into this what else we, did we do this week we had some delicious delicious food first of all my wife made this sweet potato gnocchi which is pretty bomb. Like she baked some sweet potato, then um, peeled the uh, skin off and then used that to uh, mix with flour and somehow make like these gnocchi little pieces. And we had that for dinner on Tuesday. It was really delicious. We had a guest over and she was like uh, just uh, so impressed by how delicious it was. She's like, this is why I can't have you guys over for dinner at my place. Like, she <laughs> feels a little self-conscious about it because she has to like 
order food and she isn't as involved in cooking her own food. So it's a little bit funny in that sense where she feels bad that she has to order food and feels embarrassed. <laughs> kind of a funny thing if you think about it. Yeah, I guess if you think about it, like food is so strange. Like you want to have a close connection with food, it feels like, so that you really understand where it comes from, what are the components of it, is it healthy, is it high quality, how was it processed, so many questions, right? If you just like rely on somebody else to make your food and your only uh, participation in that is just simply a financial transaction at the end when you receive it, you're cutting all these, you're, you're putting all these barriers between you and the food and the source of the food. And, uh, you know, it's this like barriers of trust, you could say, or walls of trust. You have to trust each party in between you and the source of food. And so, you know, have you done the work to verify each point or do you just simply trust that it's, it's, it's taken care of, that somebody's done it, that you don't have to? Now, it's kind of in the same ethos as Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is about not trusting and verifying something. And I think that's an important, uh, I don't know, that's an important quality, important value to me that I think should be applied by everyone across the board. It's just common sense, but of course, common sense is not so common. Or maybe it's not common sense and it's just an idea that needs time to take to percolate through humanity, through culture, and to take hold. I'm sure it will take hold, but you know, things have a limit to the rate of uptake. Even light has a speed limit, right? <laughs> so what else? Uh, oh yeah. Speaking of food, back to food. Let's let's get back to food. I made pork ears, barbecue pork ears. That is, yeah, you're like, Jmart, why the hell are you making pork ears? Or where did you get pork ears to begin with? Well, I order pork from a farm directly. And what you can do is you can order the whole animal and ask them to include the parts of the animal that aren't often you know, consumed, such as the ears. So I definitely ask them to include the, all the parts, all the organs and the the bones and the ears as well. So I had the ears and I uh, was finally time to <laughs> do something with them. So I uh, looked up a, a bunch of videos on YouTube on as to how to go about making something with pork ears and eventually came across this recipe for pork ears barbecued on wooden skewers. And I'm always a love barbecuing. So I was like, all right, this is the uh, recipe that I need to follow. So the first thing you do is you got to clean the ears. And of course, like, I didn't think about this at, at a time, but like when you think about your own ears, they're kind of pretty gross. And it turns out pig ears are pretty gross too. So I did a thorough job of cleaning. <laughs> you get like a butter knife and you start scraping the entire surface area. You can get quite a lot off of it. <laughs> and then there's, you got to deal with the, um, with the hairs. <laughs> So I was using like a lighter to burn the hairs off. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then you got to like slow cook it for a couple hours. So I slow cooked it in like, um, um, what was it? Apple cider vinegar, water and soy sauce. And then once that's done, it's pretty soft and really kind of a nice good texture. Then you skewer it on the 
wooden sticks and it's ready to go on the barbecue. And I had some uh, sweet barbecue sauce that I basted it with. And that helped it get charred a little bit and have a nice crispy texture. And so it was really delicious. Pretty pretty happy with how that turned out, given how, like if you think about it, pork ears, who, who the heck eats pork ears? And, you know, not the most hygienic body part, but ended up tasting pretty delicious. So I'm definitely going to, next time I order a, a whole pork, ask for the ears again and do the same thing. So what else is going on this week? Oh yeah, my wife is, who's an emergency medicine doctor, is doing a 24-hour shift at a hospital in Northern Ontario. And she's doing it because a lot of these Northern Ontario hospitals have a really difficult time staffing the actual hospital with enough medical personnel to be able to, uh, you know, support having the actual hospital there. It was a a little bit uh, distressing for our little boy because uh, he was there when I dropped her off at the airport to take her flight, and he thought he was going to go with her on on the flight until the last moment where he realized she was just going, and he started crying a little bit. But he was okay pretty soon after because I I tried my best to explain to him that it was going to be not that long before she came back. And so I think it helped quite a bit. <laughs> and I also promised them that we were going to go see some friends in between then. And then that really helped quite a lot. So uh, yesterday we uh, drove a couple hours up to a little town half an hour north of Waterloo Kitchener. I won't say which one, but it's, uh, let's say, uh, it's well known for uh, Letter Kenny. If you guys know that show, Letter Kenny, it's well known for that. We have some friends that live there, and we went, and they have a couple of boys who are only slightly older than my boy, only a few years. And so they had a great time playing together and just interacting, getting some social time, which is, of course, at a high premium during times of COVID where children aren't allowed to play with one another. So it was really nice to get that opportunity to have our boys play one with one another and, you know, learn these basic social skills of like playing together and sharing toys and all that. And of course it's really good to see my friends as well. It's just like every time you see your close friends these days, you really appreciate the value of having uh, these people in your life and how important it is to maintain these relationships and continue to nurture them so that uh, in these difficult times you have these people to lean on who can help, take care of you and get you through the difficulty because of course nothing lasts forever these difficult times will pass too we'll get on to the other side and get to a better time but until then you know as we're feeling not so great not so good about where we are at least we at least we can lean on our friends Ah, so glad to have those people in my life speaking of difficult times of course you can't have a podcast without talking about covid uh, this morning, I was just at a coffee shop getting some um, uh, espresso from my favorite place near my neighborhood, and uh, I was just sitting at a chair enjoying my coffee and started overhearing a couple people talk about COVID, and you know, as, as one does when you hear people talking about something, you'll, you start eavesdropping and seeing what kind of like, what is the general mood, what are they talking about, 
do I agree with them? Do I disagree? And just kind of like doing a bit of a sampling of the people's, you know, opinions and trying to get a sense of things. You know, I like doing that when I overhear people talking, I kind of sharp my ears a little bit. I don't know if I'm the only one that does that. I'm sure a bunch of other people do that too. Not like in a creepy way, you know, I don't, I try not to listen to people's um, private conversations about things. Like, actually, this is a funny story. One time I was in an elevator, I was talking to my wife, just as we were walking into the elevator, I mentioned something about my mortgage account. And I could just see a light flash in this lady's eyes who was already in the elevator. And she just like turned and started like listening in some more. (laughs) Totally got that vibe. So I don't try to do that when I'm listening to like those private conversations. But if they're talking about some sort of public opinion and they're like really not trying to hide their voice in any way, of course I'm going to listen in and see what they're trying to say. Um, I'm sure other people do the same thing. So it was just amazing to hear the opinions that are being thrown around. This one older gentleman, he just is of the opinion that if it wasn't for the vaccine, that there would be untold numbers of deaths happening in the country. That was the exact things that he was saying. And I don't know whose fault is it that this man is like convinced of this idea. I, I don't, is it the media? Is it his lack of education and understanding as to what's going on? Like, I don't know. Am I wrong? Is that, is he, is he right? Cause to me, that's clearly not the case. I mean, <laughs> but he's not the only one I'm sure that has this idea. And that's, that's what's driving these policies, right. That are in place to coerce vaccination all across the board for everyone rather than simply protecting the vulnerable. I guess it could also be fear-driven mania, you know, when people are afraid of something, especially the unknown, something invisible, right? You can't see the virus. It's too small to see with your naked eyes. So it's an unknown, unknowable thing that it's very scary for us human beings. So we can be driven with these emotions towards actions that um, are counterproductive, self-harming. So we got to be careful, Right. We shouldn't overreact. Keep calm and carry on. I keep repeating that phrase, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it's something you buy on a mug or some sort of planner, but not something you actually apply to your day-to-day life, I guess. <laughs> okay, back to positive, back to positive. I'm, I'm, I'm too negative there, building up too, too much negative. Speaking of positivity, a couple of people this week have given me positive comments about my podcasts, which is very welcome. Thank you to those people. I really appreciate it. Made my day hearing that. And to have two separate people in my life uh, give me like a similar positive feedback on what I'm doing is very special, you know, and uh, more are welcome if anybody else has, uh, you know, feels like they've benefited in some sort of way from uh, listening to these things. And, um, you know, want to, you want to get in contact with me and let me know that, please do so. You know, if you're in my life and you have my phone number, of course you can text me, but if you don't know me personally, you can get in contact with me through social media. I'm at, at jmartfit on Instagram and Twitter. You can use those. Uh, you can also uh, email me. You can reach me at newsletter at jmartfit.com. Uh, 
I check that inbox fairly regularly and I'll answer all the emails that I receive there. So definitely ping me on that. But yeah, thanks again to those people for the positive comments. My one buddy especially said that I have a deep and pleasant voice, which is a surprise to me. Thank you for that. And he also said that um, even though he doesn't agree with some of my perspectives, he said that I present them with clarity and maturity. And he says it's clear that it's just my way of thinking and it doesn't feel too aggressive, which is nice to hear. You know, I'm glad to hear I'm not coming up too preachy. And he also added that I come off as an open-minded and willing to change my position if I'm presented with new information or solid argument. And, you know, I'm glad that he says that. I'm, I like to think that's true. And if there's ever something I talk about with a closed mind, unwilling to change my opinion, I'd like to be called out on that. I'd like someone to, uh, yeah, reach out to me and present to me the argument that crushes my position. I want to be crushed. I want to be wrong because that's how you learn. You learn through being wrong. So I want to be wrong as often as possible and learn as much as possible. Maybe now would be the good time to introduce this idea of four tendencies. Uh, and this I got introduced through this author named Gretchen Rubin. She wrote this book called The Four Tendencies. And in it, she kind of talks about how people respond to certain types of expectations that are put on them. We can divide these expectations that are put on us into two categories, outer expectations and inner expectations. Outer expectations would be, of course, things that other people put on you. Let's say, for example, an employer has an expectation that their employee will show up to work on time. That's an example of an outer expectation. And an example of an inner expectation is an expectation you put on yourself. So like somebody, you know, having a New Year's resolution to lose some weight, they put an expectation on themselves that they're going to work hard, maybe change their diet, maybe exercise to lose some weight. That is an example of an inner expectation. And so we can divide the world into this kind of two by two division of people who either meet or resist expectations. They might meet inner expectations or meet outer expectations and accept them, or I guess accept is a better word. They might accept outer expectations or they might accept inner expectations or they might resist outer expectations and they might resist inner expectations or there might be some combination of one or the other. They might uh, meet inner expectations and resist outer expectations or vice versa. They might resist inner expectations, but meet outer expectations. So if you think of it like that, the person who meets inner expectations, who is able to make some goals for themselves and work hard towards those, but resists outer expectations when someone puts other, you know, makes goals for you, you don't want to listen to those goals. You need to meet them for yourself first. Someone like that is called a questioner. And that's what really that's that's really who I am. I think I fit into that category perfectly is before I can pursue an action, before I can think that there's value in something to pursue, I need to be able to myself understand it and put inner expectations of that for myself. If somebody else simply tries to put that expectation on me without explaining it to me and without 
making me understand, I simply rejected. I'm, I, that's what I am. I'm a questioner. <laughs> now, there's other people, right? There's the upholder who's the uh, kind of opposite of that. The upholder will meet outer expectations, but won't be able to meet inner expectations. So that's your typical person who, let's say, is trying to ha- has a fitness goal, but they they just don't have the ability to meet their inner expectations to be able to uh, achieve their goal. So they need to hire a coach who will put the outer expectations on them in order to uh, help them reach their goal, right? They can't do it by themselves. They need those outer expectations of a coach to help uh, guide them. So you can see the, the difference in, in the kinds of people, right? And how, how they would operate, how they would see the world. And yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thing to think about. And speaking of uh, seeing the world differently, this brings me to the second comment that I received, second positive comment that I received about the podcast, which was, again, from another friend who has, who was, like I said, very positive in telling me that he is enjoying listening in. And he was, uh, the one thing he says is, really digging your podcast so far, although we have slightly different political beliefs. Well, I'm, I'm really thankful, grateful that you are still listening to what I have to say, even though you disagree with me. I think that's how the world moves forward is through dialogue and conversation with people with disagreeing opinions. So first of all, thank you for saying positive things about my podcast. Second of all, thank you for continuing to listen, even though you have, you know, different political beliefs than me. But thirdly, the reason why I want to bring this up is, yeah, like people have different, you know, views of the world. And part of that is shaped by our experiences and our past, right? And so my past is very different from most the past of most people. Um, you know, my response to this friend who messaged me was, a lot of people have different political beliefs than me, but also a lot of people didn't grow up in a post-Soviet third world country like I did, right? And so that has shaped my beliefs and ideas as to why the current political environment is one of less freedom for the individual, which is a net negative for society. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Uh, please write me in and let's have a conversation about this. Like, here's my opinion. Society is made up of individuals. Society is an abstraction for the group of individuals. The group, the actual group of individuals, the, the, the individuals themselves, they're real. Society is the abstraction. Each individual comprises of society. And when you take the rights and freedoms of the individual itself for the greater good of the society then slowly over time you have a whole bunch of individuals with very few rights and freedoms who want to escape to another place where they can regain those rights and freedoms back. That's why my family immigrated away from Armenia. They didn't have rights and freedoms that allowed them to have economic prosperity. And they left. Now they're finding themselves in another place that is differentially allowing some big businesses to continue and make money, but some small businesses to go under and be irreparably damaged. Of course, things aren't as bad as back in Soviet Russia or Soviet Armenia. Don't get me wrong, but we're, we've laid out a course, right? We're on the path towards an endpoint that 
you know, some people with previous history can see. But of course, you know, people here don't think that can, that can ever happen to them, right? Not not to their country. That would never happen here, right? Not in Canada. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Well, anyway, that's enough pessimism. I'm sure you've had enough of that. Let's just stay positive. Let's enjoy the rest of the week. Seize the week. Do what you want to do. Get active. Get after it. And take care of yourself. Listen to my new podcast, State of Health, the new episode on Wim Hof. I think you'll really like it. Check that out. I'll leave it in the description for you to get to it easily. But uh, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Stay active. Peace. J-Mart out.